Happy Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, August 9th. And I am Melissa, the founder of A Yogi Kitchen and Pantry. Welcome to Off the Mat. We come here to talk about the lessons that we learn on our mats, in our asana practice, in our meditation practice, and how we translate those lessons into our everyday lives. So I had an interesting experience this morning. As many of you have heard, I spend a lot of my my seva practice dedicated to Sunrise Project here in Lawrence, Kansas. It is an organization that is committed to social equity through connection, through food, gardening, growing food, through cooking together, through serving and um, sharing, breaking bread together. And it's an organization that I just, I feel so strongly connected to. Every time I'm there, I feel really good. I It's honestly, it's sort of what I wish I had done years ago. Um, I made the trade-off though, is that a yogi kitchen was online in a very different way than it is now because... Okay, so I like to record the podcast on my phone. It's just, it's a good speaker. It's easy to do without needing an external microphone. However, if someone calls me, I get cut off, which is what just happened. Um, so I was saying, I believe I was saying that a yogi kitchen has looked very different in the past. And I made a choice for it to look the way that it did so that I could travel and I could split my time. That has been a really big, it's a value of mine. Actually, I just kind of recognized that it was a value of mine. I've I've never wanted to be a person who has one way of living. So I never wanted to be someone who lived in a small town and be like, oh my God, the city's too much. I could never live there. And I never wanted to be someone who lived in a city who was like, ew, the country or small town is too like, ew, I'd never do that. I always have wanted to be someone who can adapt and change and learn and be able to embrace lots of different ways of living. And to my parents' credit, um, they taught me this really from a very young age because I lived in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago and we spent our summers in a house in a small community across the lake in Michigan. And um, I didn't really put all of this together. But so I made, I made that, that change. Um, I got way off subject here, but I was just telling you um, this is one of the reasons that a yogi kitchen and pantry is not what sunrise project is and i didn't and here's the other reason (laughs) is because while i always sort of dreamed of something like it i was never able to create this cohesive idea this mission around an organization the way that melissa freiberger the founder has and i treat a lot of my time at sunrise and the time that I spend with Melissa, like sitting down and having coffee and just talking about programs that are coming up and how I can be of service. I treat that like an internship. I learn so much from her all the time. So the whole reason for you, me telling you all this was simply because I spent my morning today at, um, sunrise project, not the whole morning, but I spent a a little bit of my morning this today, uh, teaching, yoga to their youth retreat. And wow, 
was that a good reminder of so many different things. So let me preface this all. As a lot of you know, I've been teaching for 21 years now. So it means I've been a yogi for 26 years, somewhere around there. Yeah, 26, because my daughter is going to be 26. And I started practicing right before I got pregnant with her. So it's, I guess it's actually 27 years because um, I, was, I wasn't pregnant yet when I started yoga. And she'll be 26 very soon. Um, so I've been doing this a long time and I would say maybe 18 years ago, I taught a very consistent preschool yoga. I used to go to a preschool and teach yoga. And then at least 12 years ago, I was teaching kids yoga here in Lawrence, Kansas. And, um, I taught different age groups. So this isn't new to me. Wow. Half an hour of teaching seven through 11-year-olds kicked my butt. Their energy was all over the place. They were yappity, yappity, the whole yakity, I guess is what I want to say, yakity, yakity, a good chunk of the time. Um, And this I had never encountered before. At one point, it was a whole group of kids going, oh, ow, until finally one of the other people, the one of the facilitators was like, wow, you guys sound like you're 100 years old. Like, what's what's going on here? And I had never experienced that. Um, and I, I think it really speaks to the times, actually, looking back on it. At the time, I, this didn't pop into my head. I did sort of think like, wow, what a victim mentality going on here. Like, oh, you're killing me. And I just said, hey, you guys, first of all, we're going to we're going to keep those feelings silent, feel them, be in them, but we're not going to groan and and ow, ow. And if you are feeling that, what can you do to shift that for yourself? How can you soften the pose? You don't have to have your legs open so wide. You could, you know, bring your, we were doing a wide leg forward fold. Like don't take your legs quite so far. Don't uh, bend your knees if that feels better. Don't, um, don't push yourself as far as you have to go. Soften. And that's true for all of us. And it's such an awesome lesson that you learn on the mat that you get to take off the mat. So I didn't mention that to them because, you know, some of these kids were first graders and some of them were fifth graders. Most of them were the younger side. So that was a lesson that maybe pops into their head at some point in life, but they weren't going to be able to take that one off the mat. But I thought, what a great off the mat lesson. Um, Learn to soften, learn to be in your life in a way that doesn't cause you pain. So that was um, what I said to them. And then my aha, my realization afterwards was, wow, you know, I know that as a kid from a traumatic household, from a violent household, um, and also being a child of people in a medical profession is the way that I got attention was being sick. And I didn't do it on purpose. I mean, at one point in my life, I had pneumonia. I mean, those those are the times my parents were very nurturing and kind and loving towards me. If I was emotionally not feeling well or mentally not feeling well, they completely dismissed me. But as long as it was something like very science-based, very like, this is how we're going to manage this. And I thought, oh, kids who have been in trauma for the last two and a half years. And I just heard this. I can't remember who said it where I heard it. It was a podcast, I think. And it was something like 80% of our interaction with children is complaining. 
That's what they get from us. That's what they get, the energy they get from us. So this is our own children. But whether it's like, pick up your shoes, go do your homework. You know, why did you, why didn't you pick up your gym bag after you came home from school? Why did you do this? Don't do, you know, it's all that. And, but it's also, God damn it, traffic really sucks. Wow, groceries are really expensive. I, we can't afford this. Like, oh my gosh, we can't. And it's, we do that constantly to our kids. And I know with my children, I definitely did that. I just, I felt like it was me being honest, me being straightforward with them. Like, oh, I'm really, I'm really having a hard time. Like groceries are expensive. Um, not realizing that it can be traumatizing for them also. And that maybe that's the majority of what they're hearing from me. And I think if we look at the way we talk to our own children, I don't know how much we do it to other people's children. We talk to our own children. That's what we do. So I thought they've just been through a trauma as have all of we are, we adults have been through trauma. We've been through a global trauma over the last two and a half years. We are beginning to recognize the extent of that trauma and how it is affecting us, mind, body, spirit. Um, but the kids are getting it so much more than we're getting it. I, I feel because I feel like they have their own trauma, not being able to see their friends at some for some you know period of time, just the new normal. But then they have to deal with our stress and. As adults globally, I'm not sure that we're dealing with this stress so well. And the pandemic has eased so much. But I feel like it's still out there. We're still seeing big numbers in a lot of places. And I know that some friends and I are feeling like, okay, we're here now. But what if there's another Delta? What if something comes? Like it it mutates and something comes that our vaccines don't help us against? Um and so it's, I'm still very aware of it. And I also, my sister's a professor of nursing. I have good friends who are nurses and nurse practitioners and doctors. And so I know they're always kind of heightened. And so I'm very aware of that. Um, so anyway, it just was a really good lesson um, for me to remember to go back to being around kids that age, concentrated in a block, um, and just all the things that we need to remember as adults, as like the lessons that maybe we didn't learn as children that now we're learning. Um, because I know that I did not learn how to soften either on the mat or off the mat until I was probably in my 40s. And in my personal life, in my everyday off the mat life, I still have to work on that one. Gulert teaches at Body Boutique. And Body Boutique is a great place to drop in on classes. They're really affordable um they have lots of different kinds of classes I go to her yoga class on Sundays and um I go for a couple of reasons I go because I need to do a practice that someone else okay I'm having a lot of technical difficulties today between the phone ringing and me having coughing fits or that time, I think, I don't even know what happened. Anyway, I was telling you that I go to Sarah Schooler's class and I've been doing this for a long time. I go there and I still feel pressured to do all the poses the way that everyone else is doing them. And it surprises me. 
because I tell her when I walk in, like the last time I was at one of her classes, I had some, I still had some back pain. This was a bit ago. And I said, I'm not sure. Maybe it was my hip pain. I can't remember. But I said, I'm not sure that I'm going to do everything you guys are doing. Like if you just see me sitting in a child's pose, like, don't worry, I'm fine. Um, which I know she knows. But I still feel very like, oh, I have to be the A plus student. And I'm so surprised. And that's another good reason to make sure I'm going to other people's classes. Because going to someone else's class is making me smack into myself. And for a long time, I didn't go to other people's classes. And it was almost like the reason sometimes going to restaurants is hard for me. When I go to a restaurant, I make sure... Not so much anymore, but I used to always, always make sure I couldn't see the back of the house. So I, if there's a window to the kitchen, I don't want to see that. If there's like a wait staff area, like a wait station, I don't want to see that area. If I can put my back to the bar, I don't want to see that area. And the reason is because I get all in my ego and I think, oh, they're doing it this way, what they really need to be doing or, oh, that table over there is really dirty. Someone needs to go. And I get into my restaurant mode. I don't do it quite as much. And I think it's because I learned this lesson on the mat and took it into the rest of my life. But I still do it a little bit. And I thought that's where what was going to happen to me in yoga classes. I thought that I was just going to see how someone else was teaching and think, oh, you know what they should teach next, or they shouldn't put this pose here. Um, And when I was actively teaching in a studio with lots of other teachers, I did do that. And when I go to Sarah's class, I'm really surprised. That's not where my ego is. My ego is making me smack right into myself. I mean, it's always making me smack into myself, but you know, the, the, it's in a very different way. It's very obvious. Like my only, only enemy here is me. Like I am the one who wants to do the deepest warrior pose here. I'm the one who wants to do, you know, the straightest leg, longest, most extended three-legged dog in the room. It's all me and ego. So it's really good for me to go there because it's a lovely physical practice. And um, I know that Sarah likes gentle yoga, as do I, which is what I teach mostly. But I don't think her class is gentle. (laughs) It's slow and you definitely get to take time. It's not like vinyasa where you're boom, 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 going all the time. But I do feel like oh, I'm working, I'm sweating, and it's good. It's very, very good, but it's not um, It's not like going to a restorative class where you're just like relaxing, you don't even feel like you're doing yoga. Um, so it's, it's a lot of mental, emotional work for me, which is really yummy, it's really good. So another lesson, you know, that um, we all need to work on sometimes, like how can I make this practice soft for myself? How can I ease and feel empowered in my own practice and be in a classroom? And so, you know, I'm probably in those rooms, the person who's done the most yoga in her life. I don't know for sure, but probably. Um, And yet I still have this and I don't know if it's like a competitive edge. I'm not sure exactly what or not competitive edge, but a competitiveness. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's very much worth exploring and being present with. And maybe even next time I'm there, which if anyone wants to go is Sunday at four, the next time I'm there, 
say to myself, well, what if they all do down dog and I just rest in child's pose? Like, is my ego just going to make my head explode? And so those are, those are good um, lessons, places to kind of play with that ego stuff on the mat and then take it into your regular life and see what it is. Like, what if I'm not the most prepared person at our meeting next week? What if I'm not, um, I don't know, the fastest runner in our, our runners group next week or the person who's gotten the most done in their, in our knitting for the knitting circle or the person who's like has the most things underlined and the most points they want to make at book club. You know, what if you soften? And, and I say most, but you, you may be going, I'm never the most prepared or the most whatever. But, you know, the, the way that you push yourself, whatever it is, what if you did something different? What if you went to book club and said, oh, I didn't read the book this week? And they're all like, oh, my gosh, you always read the book. What are you talking about? You didn't read the book. You know, what is it for you that really is going to make your ego kind of have to make an adjustment? So those are my off the mat lessons that came to me today that I wanted to share. We are still working on the word strong. This week, I am inviting everyone to look at ways, look at places where you'd like to be strong. So maybe you're strong, like I think I've mentioned before, like my legs are strong. I have very strong legs. I never think that I can't lift something if I use my legs. If I use my back, I might be in trouble. But if I use my legs, I never think there's something I can't lift. I mean, obviously there are things in the world that I can't lift, but I never think about lifting them. (laughs) But when I want to lift something, like right now, I have some really big pieces of limestone in my front lawn um, because they did some work on our street and uprooted our limestone. So those rocks out there, they're huge. They're really heavy. I know I can do it. I may be very sore tomorrow, but I know I can do it because my legs are so strong. So do I want to make my legs strong? Should I work on making them stronger? Maybe. I personally want to look at areas where I'm not feeling so strong and, and get stronger in those areas. So um, I think I want my core muscles to be a little bit stronger. I definitely would like my arms to be a little bit stronger. I would like my softness to be stronger when it comes to the people who are really close to me. I tend to push, um, and not, not in like a nagging way, but I, t- I tend to, in, in, as you may be able to guess, I tend to push people towards healing and towards growth. And not everyone in my family wants to heal or grow, but it is such a core value for me that I tend to really ask people around me to look like, where can you grow? Where can you heal? Um, so I push. So, Maybe that's, you know, an area where I need to get strong at being soft, at stepping back, at doing the, the emotional, mental work of like softening my knees. Um, so think about that for yourself. Where do you want to get strong? Uh, we are going to do a pop-up this week. Today is Tuesday. We're doing it Thursday morning, 6.30 a.m. Central Time. Please join us on Zoom. You can see all the Zoom information at the website, ayogikitchen.com. We are doing lots of um, helping in our community next week. We are practicing seva. 
at Sunrise Project. We're helping to commute to create the community meal. If you are in the Lawrence, Kansas area and want to help us, and that means Kansas City, Topeka, Eudora, Tonganoxie, come, come to Lawrence, Kansas, and um, you can show up in person on Tuesday and Wednesday, and you can just text me seven eight five seven six zero five four one two if you would like to do that. Um, you can come prep. We always need people to wash dishes clean. You can help serve the meal. And that just means handing out a prepackaged box of food. Um, you can help us package the boxes of food. If you are not interested in being in person like that, but you would like to contribute, you can absolutely bake in your home. And if you choose to do that, I could probably, depending on where you are, I can bring you some bags to put your sweets in so you don't have to create uh, provide your own container. Our need is getting bigger. Um, last session, I think we did 337 meals. The session before we did 350 meals, which is up about 100 meals from a couple months ago. In the last couple months, we're seeing the need get bigger. Other organizations around town are seeing their need get bigger. So if you cannot contribute with your time and energy, um, if you would share resources with us, that would be lovely. Uh, Yogi Kitchen and Pantry, we are always looking for baking good resources so we can share them with people who want to bake in town, but um, don't have the resources to do it. We share butter, flour, salt, sugar, vanilla, I'm trying to think eggs, anything that you need to bake, milk, um, not everyone does vegetarian. Some people do vegan. So if there's ever vegan things you have, we will take those donations. You can text me and I will either collect them from you or um, you can put them in my front porch donation bin. And I just figured out a way to put a big sign up that says donations. Um, you can also, we take donations of non-perishable goods, canned dried, whatever you have. And either I take them to Sunrise Project to their pantry or they go into our pantry here and then I cook them up and take them and put them in the fridge at the Sunrise Project. If you are interested in helping me create a meal to do that, we do it about once a week. Uh, we create anywhere between, it just varies what I'm cooking. I think the next meal is going to be rice and beans. So that's probably going to be a good 50 meals we'll put in the fridge. So if I do that on a weekly basis, um, we're providing between, we provide between 100 and 200 meals in addition to the six or 700 meals that Sunrise Project is, is making. So we feed a good number of people in the state and in the state, in the city. So please come help us one way or another. And if you are not in Lawrence, Kansas, but you would like to su support a Yogi Kitchen and Pantry, you can go to our website, yogikitchen.com. And there's a donation buttons there. You can PayPal or Venmo. I think you can PayPal through the website. If you want to Venmo, you can just do it directly to me. And again, just text me 785-760-5412. I'm going to get some QR codes put up on the website soon. So you can donate however you want to, but that helps us um, do things like pay for gas, pay for Wi-Fi, keep classes going so that we can also buy supplies. Some of that money goes to buying supplies right now. We are looking to make our audio system better. So specifically right now looking for a microphone. So those donations go to help us buy things like that. 
Um, and of course, anytime there's someone in need, we get a call. I go down to the closet and I see what clothes we have, what shoes we have, what else is down there. There used to be blankets. I think we have a couple blankets left. Um, I look what we have and if we have it, I take it to whomever needs it. And if we don't have it, we look at what we have in funds and we buy things. We buy things like in the winters, we buy hats and uh, gloves, mittens. I think that's it. So um, yeah, help us grow. Help us make a strong community because we do it together. It takes all of us with all of our different talents um, to make a strong community. Be strong, feel strong. Remember that you are strong. Have a really awesome Tuesday. (music) 